0: Cyber attacks against the critical infrastructure are getting policymakers' attention. In the financial services realm, these attacks have garnered regulatory and congressional attention as the threat actors waging these attacks increasingly target financial and personal information that is being used to compromise systems, networks, and identities, as well as to perpetrate fraud. Greg Garcia has been named the first Executive Director of the Financial Services Sector Coordinating Council for Critical Infrastructure Protection and Homeland Security. Today, he joins me to discuss the role he and the FSSCC will play in shoring up some of the cybersecurity gaps attackers are exploiting. First, Greg, before we get started, let me just say congratulations on the new position. You had been working with the Financial Services Information Sharing and Analysis Center. I assume you'll no longer be affiliated with the FSISAC. Is that right?
1: Uh, No, I'll be um, maintaining my relationship with the FSISAC very closely and serving as a surrogate spokesman for them um, as well as the physics. As you know, the the Financial Services ISAC is an operational entity that uh, engages technical membership to to monitor events in the cybersphere um, and to react to threats and vulnerabilities in a collaborative way. The PHYSIC, the Financial Service Sector Coordinating Council, is more of a strategic organization, and um, I'll be serving as the executive director of the PHYSIC to help manage the day-to-day activities and the strategic direction of the PHYSIC. And those two entities are very closely linked. So to the extent that I can bridge the uh, technical and operational with the strategic, I think there's economies of scale there. So I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of this community in such an important way.
0: Can you expand and explain exactly what does the Financial Services Sector Coordinating Council for Critical Infrastructure Protection and Homeland Security do?
1: Certainly. Um, This dates back, if I can give a little history, to presidential executive order back in 1998 um, and then revised in 2003. Homeland Security Presidential Directive that basically said that, that there are 17 or 18 critical infrastructure sectors across the United States, like financial services, communications, electricity, water, oil and natural gas, etc., those critical sectors that the economy, that, that the nation depend upon for our security, public safety, and public health. And the directive strongly recommended that those sectors self-organize around the missions of homeland security and critical infrastructure protection. Accordingly, in, in 2002, the Financial Services Sector Coordinating Council, we call it the PHYSIC, came into being. And the objective, the mission of the PHYSIC is to bring together all of the critical players in the financial services sector to identify threats proactively and to work collaboratively to mitigate those threats at a strategic level and to have that process also informed by the operational and technical activities of the Financial Services ISAC. So the Physic is composed of a number of policy committees, such as cybersecurity and research and development and others, and they together meet several times a year uh, over the phone and in person, and work with their sector-specific agencies, such as the Treasury Department, in a public-private partnership to mitigate threats and vulnerabilities to the sector.
0: Greg, the council has been around since 2002, as you noted, but you're the first director. Who's been leading the council up to now?
1: The council has been expertly led, frankly, um, since its inception. The model uh, has been that a chairman is elected or chairwoman is elected for two-year terms, the chairmanship is held typically by what would be considered an operator, that is, um, a major bank or financial institution. The current chair is the chief uh, information officer for city. Prior to that, uh, it was Morgan Stanley. And those chairmanships have led the physic with a combination of a secretary and um, the staff of the chairman. So the chairman would designate two or three staff members uh, from his or her shop to help run the day-to-day operations of the physic. It was clear over the years um, that in spite of how effective the management of the physic was, it would be more desirable if there were a permanent professional staff that is an executive director running the day-to-day operations, which would free up some of the staff time of the chairman to actually resume their day jobs in addition to PHYSIC. the PHYSIC made the determination that it was uh, in the best interest of the organization to hire an executive director, and that would make it more attractive to recruit new chairman after each two-year term uh, when they know they wouldn't have to deploy as many corporate resources to the responsibility of PHYSIC. Hence, they, they hired me for the role.
0: So, Greg, what would you say is the significance of having the first executive director named?
1: I think a principal value here is that it provides continuity through the transition from one chairman to the next, and it provides a historical knowledge and historical context that gives the organization ongoing momentum and a level of credibility with its many external partners in the government and the private sector. So uh, what it suggests is that each successive new chairman doesn't have to reinvent the wheel, doesn't have to start from scratch. It's important for each chairman to put their imprint on the organization and to introduce new initiatives, new fresh thinking into the organization. But in terms of day-to-day management and some of the critical ongoing initiatives Uh, in historical context, uh, it's important to have a leader as an executive director, not just managing day-to-day logistics and administrative matters, but also providing um, a level of strategic uh, thinking and guidance for each uh, successive chairman and one who can represent the sector well on an ongoing basis given his particular background. so, So my background as a former banking executive, a former Department of Homeland Security official, information technology executive, and Congressional staffer as well. All of these things combined, I think, make it a good fit for me and the Physic to, you know, take Physic to the next level.
0: Talking about your expertise, Greg, you previously served as the chairman of the Cybersecurity Committee when you were employed by Bank of America.
1: That's correct. And from that personal perspective, this appointment of executive director, I find very important because during my time at at Bank of America as chair, you know, chairing the Cyber Committee of the Physic, uh, there were Plenty of times when I thought, boy, it sure would be good to have somebody on staff in the physics who could help me with the administrative aspects of running the Cybersecurity Committee. Uh, As it was at the time, I was responsible for maintaining committee lists, agenda setting, scheduling, a lot of the administrative work that uh, was difficult for me as, you know, a Bank of America executive to do in addition to my day job at Bank of America. So I'm glad to be able to relieve a lot of the leadership of the physic and the committee chairman from that kind of administrative duty so that they can really focus on the strategic initiatives of rather than the administrivia. So I think we have an auspicious beginning with uh, this executive directorship. When did you serve as the chairman of that committee? That coincided with the new chairman at that time of the PHYSIC, Jane Carlin from Morgan Stanley, I believe, was uh, elected to the chairmanship in the fall of 2010 and began her tenure in early 2011, which is the same time that um, I was appointed as chairman of the Cybersecurity Committee, and I held that position until my departure from Bank of America at the end of 2011.
0: Could you just give us an overview of maybe what the council has done over the course of the last decade when it comes to cybersecurity initiatives or perhaps from a policy-making perspective, if that's a fair question to ask?
1: You know, I think they, they have quite a number of accomplishments, perhaps too numerous to go through over this, this interview. But... Um, Among them, for example, one that I participated in is the development of a research and development agenda. In essence, developing a list of some of the key research and development needs of, that are unique to the financial services sector as it relates to cybersecurity and critical infrastructure protection. Uh, So it laid a foundation for how the physic as as a collaborative entity can engage with universities, the government, other research collaboratives to develop the tools and technology that will help the financial services industry better protect their infrastructure. Uh, That's one example. Um, Other activities include the development of sort of an incident response plan between the financial services sector and the FSISAC and the federal government dealing with issues like speeding up security clearances for critical financial sector representatives um, so that we can get more timely and relevant information from the government We're very engaged in improvements to the information sharing environment between industry and government and between industry and industry, always trying to better identify the kinds of information that are relevant to the financial sector and finding ways to speed the delivery of that information to us so that we can more quickly respond to threats uh, and vulnerabilities and anticipate uh, those threats uh, further ahead in the future.
0: Greg, what would you say are the top three cybersecurity challenges facing the financial services sector?
1: First of all, I think we continue to need better tools for anticipating the threats and being able to collect and then analyze massive amounts of information that will help us protect our networks better. So that that is a, a technical exercise. The other two challenges, I think, and the opportunities are more structural uh, organizational. The first is within the enterprise having a more integrated strategy, risk management strategy that informs the C-suite about operational risk, that is cyber risk and other risks to critical infrastructure such that the C-suite understands that it is inherently um, part of the business model of a company to build operational risk into its strategy. And so that's sort of, that's working between the CIO or or CISO and the other C-suite executives, chief marketing, chief finance, chief executive, and really making that integrated across the enterprise. And then the third is um, building those external bridges between uh, the enterprise and external partners. And that has to do with information sharing within the sector, across the sector. It has to do with uh, third party risk, vendor management. How do we ensure that the technology vendors and service providers that the financial sector uh, is using, uh, how do we ensure that they in turn are managing their cyber infrastructure securely uh, such that when they interconnect with us or provide us products or services uh, we have a level of assurance that they do not pose undue third party risk to our operations.
0: And then what about 2015? Do you see the cybersecurity risks changing or evolving or will we face much of the same?
1: Um, You know I think it's the one constant in the cybersecurity challenge is is change. Change in methods, um, attack vectors. Uh, As long as there are changes and evolutions in technology and um, applications and services, there will be evolution in threats and attack vectors. So uh, as long as we continue to innovate in our products and services, we will have to continue to innovate in our responses to, to the threats and, and vulnerabilities that exploit those new technologies. Uh, you know, my, my crystal ball cannot predict what's going to be the next threat vector, but the ongoing challenge is to be able to organize ourselves in a way that is repeatable and predictable to respond to those changes and to respond to those challenges, that is the challenge year after year, is to um, have an organizational structure in place that recognizes that uh, change brings great new opportunities and services, but it also brings new threats and attacks.
0: Greg, thanks again for your time this morning.
1: It was my pleasure, Tracy.
0: Again, we've just heard from Greg Garcia. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kutton.